Hello, and welcome to episode 15, well, season 2, episode 15, of Reviews from the Crawl Space, where we review things that we watch, and then tell you about them vaguely. And you're lucky that we don't review everything we watch, because we'd be here all day. Yeah, well, you know, we, we, like, our, we like to watch our things. We like our media. We, li we like our various medias, physical and otherwise. Alright, um, just the regular stuff. We're on. We're on Mastodon now. Apparently, are we? We're, we're not up and running on Mastodon. So forget that I just said that. We're not on Twitter no more, are we? We're still on Twitter. Jeez. Okay. So we're still on whatever Twitter is called now. Um, and we're also on Instagram. You can find us on Instagram. It's just reviews from the crawl space is one word. And there you can same same as whatever Twitter is called. You can find what we're currently working on. And then all the past episodes. So I'll have like, uh, before when we were reviewing albums, I have the album covers there. And now we have the movie posters there for what we're working on. So, yeah. and, and like I said, links to all of our past stuff. So if you found us, great. We're on, Welcome. Um, we're on pretty much everywhere you can find podcasts. Wherever you get podcasts, boom, we're there. All the important spots. Exactly. Uh, I guess I should mention that if you first time you're tuning in, thanks. Uh, I'm Douglas, and that's Vicky over there. Hello. And Vicky, what do you have for us this week? Okay, this week I have our first movie, which we've decided we're going with something classic, mm -hmm. is Twelve Angry Men from 1957. Our disparity between ratings, uh, viewers, critics. and yeah, critics. critics. Critics versus view viewers. Yeah. The movie this week is Uncut Gems from 2019. And our dead actor series, <laughs> people that we love and love to watch in movies, um, Uncle Buck from 1989. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah, we've got some, some good stuff here. Yeah. Good stuff to talk about. Not that we never have good stuff, but this is really good stuff. Yeah, it's always good stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, so first up, 12 Angry Men, 1957. Its rating is approved, which uh, it has mild alcohol, drug, and smoking references and mild fighting and intense scenes. The runtime is one hour, 36 minutes. Mm -hmm. It's a crime slash drama. Yeah. Tagline, it explodes like 12 sticks of dynamite. Oh, that's such a weird, I know. weird the tag taglines line. are yeah. The taglines are generally pretty weird. Okay, so the summary is, the jury in a New York murder trial is frustrated by a single member whose skeptical caution forces them to more carefully consider evidence before jumping jumping to a hasty verdict. It stars Henry Fonda as juror number eight. He has 125 acting credits to his name mm -hmm. from 1935 to 1981. He's also known for 1940s The Grapes of Wrath, 1962's How the West Was Won, and 1981 on Golden Pond. Next up, Lee J. Cobb is juror number three, 100 acting credits from 1943 to 1976. He's also known for 1973's The Exorcist, 1968's Coogan, Coogan's Bluff, mm. and 1966's The Death of a Salesman. Martin Balsam as juror number one, 179 acting credits to his name, 1944 uh, to 1997. He's also been in 1960's Psycho, 1961's Breakfast at Tiffany's, and 1970s Little Big Man. Mm -hmm. So he had a lot. They all have a lot of movies. Also, Jack Klugman is in this. Yeah. Jack Warden, E.G. Marshall, and Ed, Ed Begley. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Klugman was actually the last surviving member of this movie. Yes. Yeah, I did read that, yeah. Yeah, I did read that. 
None of them are alive now. Uh, the director, Sidney Lummett, 74 directing credits to his name, 1952 to 2007. Uh, he did Before the Devil Knows You're Dead in 2007, Serpico in 1973, and Dog Day Afternoon in 1975. You didn't even mention the best thing he's ever done that we know him for. He directed The Wiz, starring Diana Ross and Michael Jackson. What? I don't think I've ever seen that movie start to finish. Oh, me either. But it's okay. fucking hilarious. Okay. I have seen parts of it. I know I know of it, and I've seen some of the numbers, but to watch it as a whole, mm-mm. <laughs> no, no, no. It's terrible. It's one of his first things. That's why I, that's why I mentioned it, just because it's hilarious to me <laughs> that he also, he did like 12 Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, and the, the fucking whiz. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's just kind of funny. It must have been at the end of his career. Nope. Oh. It was like the year, the whiz is like the year or so after Dog Day Afternoon. Oh, wow. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Rotor. I put Rotor. The writer is Reginald Rose, 85 writing credits to his name, from 1951 to 2014. He wrote The Defenders, 132 episodes from 1961 mm. to 65, a movie called Somebody Killed Her Husband in 1978, and another series called Studio One, uh, 17 episodes of that from 1952 to 57. Yeah. Filming location, New York County Courthouse. Yeah. It's just one, essentially from... Other than the opening where they're assembling and the very end where everyone's dispersing, uh, I would say 95, 97% of this movie is just one room. That's it. Yeah, one of the trivia things is that all but three minutes of the film yeah. was shot inside the bear and conf confining uh, 16 by 24, 35 square meters jury room. Yeah, just it was shot in the jury room. So other than them assembling, well, like I said, we'll get into that. Yeah. So are you done with your stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah, like I said, you said 12 Angry Men, uh, streaming, it's on Tubi right now for free, both this and the 1997 TV remake, which we didn't, I didn't even really realize it existed. No, me neither. But and, it's, yeah. and, and it's kind of funny because I was, we're watching the, this one, I was kind of making the joke about not, uh, not George C. Scott being in it, but he was in the remake. So that's why my brain was like, and he does look like kind of like the same. Yeah. Like the character you thought. What's that guy's it? name? But he does look like him. But yes, that's why I was thinking it's like. Wasn't it Lee J. Cobb? Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. Lee J. Yeah. It's like, a, and, and so that my brain just smushed those two, two roles together. They both have that kind of grumpy old man. Yes. Look. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they like the oh, like the the face. Yeah, anyways, yeah, the grumpy old man. It was just there. There was the role. He could have been like twenty five, but he's just like grumpy old man. That's. <laughs> um, so streaming, like I said, Tubi for free. You can rent it on Apple TV and Prime. Uh, but this is part of the Criterion Collection, so I would. I'm not sure if it's in. Well, actually, I think it is in 4K. Cause I think that's what we were watching last night. Uh, Criterion Blu-ray DVD. Check it out. It looked it looked great, man. Um, ratings. Internet new Internet Movie Database gives it a nine. Rotten Tomatoes gives it 100, 100, and the audience score is 97. Uh, Metacritic is a 97, and the audience score is 8.8. .8. So, yes, this is, like, <laughs> obviously much-loved. I think this is in... Um, yeah, I've got some stuff. you got some stuff? Some, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll, I'll finish it up then. Uh, music is by Ken Kenyon Hopkins. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. The American composer with 28 credits. He's known for 1961's The Hustler with Paul Newman. Uh, a movie from 1966 called This Property is Condemned, and a TV show called East Side, West Side. Hmm. Um, cinematography by Boris Kaufman, a Polish DP with 69 credits and one Oscar win. His one Oscar win came from 1955's On the Waterfront. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's... Yeah, you know that one, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was, um, what's his face? It was Brando, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah. 
I could just for some reason I have never seen the movie, but I can actually picture the cover for that. For yeah, some I'm not sure I've ever seen it either, but yeah. it's it's a movie that's very well known. Yeah. He won, and and just like this movie, that one shot in the the awards that he won for shot are shot in black and white. Like all most of his movies were shot in black and white. Huh. And I really actually the one thing we'll talk about is I really like the way it looks. Um, he's also known for a Baby Doll, which is from 1956, uh, A Long Day's Journey into Night. 1962 and 1968's Uptight. He really introduced neo-realistic style into American cinema. So, <clears throat> so yeah, uh, that's it for me. Uh, other than our notes and shit. So you said you had some more. Oh, just some more trivia. Oh, okay. Well, we can work that in. So, uh, what did you think? Like, was I it, really this, dug this movie. Was it the first time you'd seen this movie? Yes. Oh. So as far as I know. Yeah, as far as I remember, yes. Me too. I've, I've seen pieces yeah. of it for sure. Clips, yeah. probably in film school or something, or even on TV. But this is the first time I sat and watched it. And uh, yeah, it, it, it reminds me quite a bit of the Kubrick movie, The Killing We Watched. There's like, there's no fat on it. I, I fucking love the way this movie intros. Because the intro is just like an opening shot. And it's literally just them like walking to the courthouse. The dude's stepping to cameras just this long, long shot. And the camera's going and the... Dude stepping out of the phone booth, dude getting out of a cab, and then they're all kind of just like slowly converging on the courthouse. The judge says some shit, and that's the rest of the movie is except they for the very they end. They briefly show the kid yeah, that's the, accused. Yes, yeah, yeah. They briefly, very briefly at the beginning, and, and then, it and goes then to the boom. Jury room. Yeah. And uh, yeah, there's there's lots of things to talk about. For me, I want like a bunch of the technical shit. I want to talk about it <laughs> because, like I said, I love the way it shot shot in black and white, and it's got a nice amount of film grain. The restoration looked fucking great. I really, it really. For black and white, it had lots of depth. It was kind of cool about that because it's kind of stripped down, just like everything else. The movie's in one room, so um, so you have when it starts out, the camera work starts out a lot of it shot wider at the beginning with wider angle lenses. There's more. The room seems bigger. There's more distance between people. And as the movie goes on, they purposely changed the lenses out and shrank everything down. So by the end. You're essentially like standing face to face with the characters while they're having this discussions and it's cutting back and forth. You're like right fucking there. Yeah. And it does it so perfectly gradually over the time you don't realize it. That the tension and is the, building, Yeah, the yeah. tension is just like building and they're doing all these things. Because another thing they do besides being locked in this room and they're all fucking sweating. Like one thing I absolutely loved that really ramped up the tension was the fucking rain. Yes. It's amazing. That, that's, that, it, there was, oh my God, so basic sound design, because they just hear it. You hear that rain. They, they have to have the windows closed. The windows are closed, so it's muggy, it's hot, so now they're all sweating. They're getting hotter, they're getting angrier. Smoking. They're smoking, chain smoking nonstop, yeah, yeah. so it's just like this feedback loop. And like the rain, you could always hear the rain in the background, no matter who's talking. Yeah, just it was like, a heavy rain. Yeah. So it's almost like, it almost like adds this white noise to the background, so everything's kind of is like ramping up to to uh decision and the other thing too is like the fucking acting in this one man what was funny to me about this too is because like i you know this was a, the the, uh, the actors are stacked here yeah. all these are well-known guys but even though i knew that some of the names in there it kind of threw me for a loop seeing them because they're like way younger than i'm used to seeing them yeah totally. so i'm like oh shit that's that guy from the th oh yeah so yeah. yeah there's a couple of times where that occurred i'm like why do i know that guy oh fuck yeah it's because it's it's this guy and i'm just used to seeing him as an old old guy i've yeah. never seen anything yeah. young so uh there was a bit about that but yeah the, the acting the way it was done you know because like uh, the henry ford's part just or henry ford uh Henry Fonda. Fonda, sorry, Ford. 
Henry Fonda's part. I just I love it because the whole thing, just I just the whole thing starts out. He's just like I just just asking a question, just 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 asking. I don't know, just asking, and I just love that. And it's yeah. how it just the whole movie kind of snowballs beyond that. Like I yeah. don't definitely don't want to give anything away because I want you I want people to watch this movie. But uh, yeah, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's yeah. worth it. But there's yeah. like like the killing. There isn't an ounce of fat. It just it starts. And it goes. Yeah. And there's there are no breaks in between and, until you get to the end. And then the end, it's just like, in the end, it's over. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, I really dug this movie. And yeah. just just watching the whole thing play out was very cool. And it just, you know, go, kind of goes to show you how one person can, you know, kind of upset the whole apple cart. Yeah, just she like kind of sway make things. Make people start yeah. to think. Because everybody was so locked on. in. They were so sure about themselves. Yeah. And now they, they and were, it, it showed their personal pre- prejudice. Prejudice, yes, too. totally, perfectly. But yeah. it can just like the way they talk. It's like, oh, I see. There, you're projecting yeah. because of the whatever, because yeah. of your kid or some experience. So yeah, it's yeah, it works out really well. And what I love too, other than showing the dude at the beginning, they never his like his uh, him being ethnic or white or whatever. Like his his yeah, they never never know. never comes around to it. It's not part of it. It's just this. This guy allegedly did this. Yeah. And, you know, and then some some of them want to just, like, get him killed right away. And other yeah. people are like, well, you know, let's hold on. Yeah, and, you know, others have other things to do. And other things. And they just want to get was, the hell out of they there. They just want to get out of there. They're going to condemn somebody to death. So it's like, just be, <laughs> for the convenience. So, yes, yeah, so that's why this movie is so good. One of the things I like about it, too, was that as, as heated as some of the exchanges got, like, especially uh, Fonda's part, he wasn't. Like he didn't fucking swear. He no. didn't. He just came at people, and he's just like, "Look, here's this is how I see it. Calm, cool, this is yeah. Again. Here's here's how the facts." And then it's like they come back at him with like, "Oh, what so and so?" But like, but did they see that? But but did they? Let's yeah. let's question. Yeah. So there's so much of it. It's the ending is is fantastic, and uh, yeah, I understand why this gets so high up there. Um, <clears throat> yeah, there's just like I called it. I called the movie fat free just because there's nothing. There's yeah. no dwelling and the only time it gives you breaks not necessarily even a break it, it slows you down in certain spots to give you a bit of a breath but the movie is all about the tension generally speaking yeah, especially totally. after a certain point yeah. so it's just like yeah you just get in there and you kind of lose track of time because you kind of like those guys in the room yeah <laughs> ain't no one getting out so some of the trivia for this movie is Sidney Lumet had the actors all stay in the same room for several hours on end and do their lines over and over without filming yeah. to give them a real taste of what it would be like to be cooped up in a room with the same people. Yes. A small room with a the same room people. A small room with no, no, no air circulation or nothing. The movie was nominated for three Oscars, but lost in all care, lost out in all categories to Bridge Over the River Kwai. No, war, yeah, war movie's going to win. It was shot in a total of 365 separate takes. I believe it, yeah, because you got to like... For every scene and then the, each conversation that occurs, because you're shooting those individually. Oh, yeah, easy. Easy a ton of shots. Yeah. And for What's funny, though, is because it's such a simple setup. It's just a room with an overhead shot. So the fact that they still had to do so many you know, edits or yeah. cuts is amazing. Yeah. Uh, in June of 2008, the film was ranked number two on the American Film Institute's list of the 10 greatest films in the genre of courtroom dramas. Yeah. Um, Feature directorial debut of Sidney Lumet. Oh, and oh, no. wow. it's included among America's film, uh, American Film Institute's 2001 list of top 100 heart-pounding movies by uh, 100 heart-pounding mm-hmm. 
part heart poundingly American <laughs> movies. I got it. My I the yeah. L Y is kind of <laughs> off on its own. It happens. It was selected for preservation in the Natural Film Registry by the Library of Congress yeah. in 2007 for being culturally or anesthetically significant. And Sonia Sotomayor apparently uh, said that she chose the career in law that she did because of this movie. Of the movie yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and there was some trivia about the rain, I which I would have written down now, because yeah, it did play a big part in that movie. As it does because well. there's a certain point, and I think it's like in the last third. It's in the back half of the movie for sure, where the storm just moves in and it hits there, and it just like it doesn't leave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like I said, it causes them to have to close windows up, which drives everything else. Yeah, yeah. So it just, yeah, like ramps up the uh, tension in the room. Uh, one thing is. Um, Henry Fonda, actually, the first time he walked on set, he complained about the backdrops of the, of the window, the backdrops of the city. He, like, those look like shit. Like, he told him, like, just just work with Alfred Hitchcock and you could walk into his fucking backgrounds. These look like somebody's, like, child made them. <laughs> and so he's like, no, no, don't worry about it. The DP knows what he's doing. It's going to look fine. And what's funny is because it, it, doesn't, it doesn't actually look fine if you go back and look is that the perspectives are wrong. But there is a shot, and I actually noticed this while we were watching it, and I thought it was intentional because because they're right. The backgrounds aren't great at all, and they are out of perspective, but I think that works because of the tension that's building. So then the city skyline becomes odd, like it's from, it's from the wrong perspective. So right. it throws, so it's not just you're looking out at the city because when you look out at the city now, it's like, well, wait a sec, that doesn't quite work. So I actually think it works in the film's favor to be weird like that because it adds to that tension yeah you look out the windows before the rain it's like well the city is there but it's not quite right so yeah it's um i liked it hmm. yeah i would recommend this movie me too i highly recommend it not only from a standpoint of um just that's a good, really good movie from the, the historical aspect it's it's worth seeing at least once and you'll understand kind of what's going on here and one one of the things too once again going back to the old movie thing it's short and, and faster it's not like one of these three hour Oh, whatever fasts but it's just no it's like in act go yeah and then, then you're just like stuck to the screen so I recommend it as well and I'd actually yeah like I said if support physical media it's on Criterion Criterion's got lots of two movies in this in this episode again so. yeah totally okay so there we go we we love it but we want you to check we suggest you check it out or recommend you check it out How about that? definitely definitely strongly yeah and I think we're going to probably watch the newer version as well yeah it's on tubi just to see the difference yeah it's for free why not just to see because you said it still got fairly highly risk seven something or yeah. like that still yeah and that kind of kind of made me laugh was that because i said like i said the george c scott thing that's like oh, yeah, that's why so now, <laughs> i love george c scott movies too so yeah oh, i'd sure. watch it just for him well we'll get a george c scott thing going here too because there's a bunch of movies oh yeah the exorcist three yeah that'll yeah. be a starter yeah yeah All okay right. boom done Ah, oh, 12 angry men down I don't have anything to... There, boom. On to One Angry Girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncut Gems from 2019. Uh, it's rated R. It has moderate sex and nudity, moderate violence and gore, severe profanity. Yeah, it is like fucking Goodfellas. I write in the trivia It's like this podcast. That... Yeah. Swearing every four seconds. Oh, where'd it go? The trivia. I don't know, babes. Uh, the word fuck is used 560 times. Yeah, make it a third? It's the fourth. Fourth. Highest uh, in the film industry. I think Wolf of Wall Street's number one. Uh, severe fighting and intense scenes. Uh, two hour and 15 minute runtime. 
it's slow, it's slated as a crime slash drama thriller. slash thriller. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> so the summary is, with his deaths mounting and angry collectors closing in, a fast-talking New York City jeweler risks everything in hope of staying afloat and alive. It stars Adam Sandler as Howard Retner, 87 acting credits to his name from 1987 to present, Airheads, 1994. Fucking love Airheads, man. I do. The Wedding, me too. The Wedding Singer, 1998, and 51st Dates in 2004. Oh my God, he's yeah. We'll talk about him in a sec. I got, I got things. Uh, Lakeith Stanfield as Demony, 48 acting credits to his name from 2018 to pre- or 2008 to present. Sorry to bother you from 2018. Knives Out from 2019, and Get Out from 2019 or 2017. Uh, Indina Menzel as Dinah Ratner, hmm. 40 acting credits, uh, 1998 to present. She was in the movie Rent in 2005, 12 episodes of Glee in 2014, yeah. and she was the voice of Elsa in the animated movie Frozen yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, in 2013. I don't know if I've seen that movie, but yeah. I, I, like, I, yeah. yeah. Uh, directors, Benny and Josh Softy, brothers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Benny has 23 directing credits, 2005 to present. He's also a writer and an actor. He's mostly directed shorts and uh, music videos for Jay-Z. He's also known for a movie in 2014 called Heaven Knows What, and in 2017, Good Time. Mm -hmm. Josh, his brother, 30 directing credits from 2002 to present. Lots of shorts like his brother. Uh, Another movie called Daddy Long Legs in 2009. Um, also with Benny, 2014, Heaven Knows What. Okay. He co-directed with that one yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, writer, Ronald Bronstein, um, co-wrote this script with Benny and Josh. Uh, but Ronald Bronstein has eight writing credits from 2007 to 2020. A movie called Daddy Long Legs, which hmm. Josh directed. Mm-hmm. And Heaven Knows What, again. Okay, from those guys. Uh, filming locations, opening scene in South Africa, and the rest was shot in New York City. Right. Okay. Yeah, I forgot about that. Because you know, I was reading one of the trivia, and I'm like, what? What are you? Oh, yeah, right. It starts, yeah. it starts in the mine. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Of course, yes. That's the uncut gem, yeah. Yeah, so like you said, uh, 2019R, all that. Um, A24. We'll talk about that in a sec, too. Uh, okay. s- streaming, uh, Criterion Channel, uh, Netflix. And you can buy and rent it in the usual places. It's, like I said, it's on Blu-ray and DVD. It's a Criterion disc. Again, because it, I think it definitely belongs in the Criterion collection. Uh, ratings. Internet Movie Database gives it a 7.4. Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 91. Uh, and the user score is 52. So we've got a pretty big despair. They, they did not like it. Uh, Metacritic score of 91 and a user score of 72. So yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes people didn't like it. Uh, music by Daniel. So yeah, this is the movie that's in the disparity. Yes, this is the yeah category. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Lopten. 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 I was pronounced trying to do it before, and I, I didn't do it very well. I'm, of course, and I shouldn't think about it. I should just just go. Yeah, yeah just spit it out. <laughs> Lopten. Sure. American composer with 43 credits, known for his work with The Weeknd, actually. I have a half dozen videos, but it's more than that. It's mostly all of his videos. Yeah. Um, a movie from 2017 called Good Time, like you said, and Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Uh, cinematography by Darius Kanji, Iranian DP and, and actor, but mostly DP. Oh, man, we know that name. Oh, hell yes. Um, 81 credits, 
Uh, he's known for Delicatessen, which is absolutely going to be coming up on the show eventually. It's one of those ones that needs to be on here. It's like it's a French horror flick, I'm pretty sure. Um, Seven, Alien Resurrection, Panic Room, Okja, The Beach. Um, for me, like I actually have a note here. This guy and his work on Seven was one was really the first time. I mean, I know that Spielberg has his guy Michael Kahn. They have their guys who do it, but for me, this is the first time with Seven and and Fincher that I became aware of DPs and their fucking styles. Because then after this, I was like, I want to watch this guy's movies from now on. And whether or whether The Beach is a very good movie or Alien Resurrection is a very good movie or not, it looks fucking great. I love his style. So, yeah, no, Darius Kanji is definitely somebody we're familiar with. And, like, Seven for me is, like, definitely what's where we became, like, very aware of visual styles. So. Yeah, where he came to your attention. Yeah, I was like, oh, shit, okay. And then from there on, like, yeah, he was a topic of conversation because Delicatessen. And now Delicatessen's an interesting one. Because it was talked a lot, especially in film school, it was talked about, but I've never seen it from start to finish. I've seen a little bit of it here and there, just for, like, visual styles, but I've never actually... And it's funny, Delicatessen, too, um, not only Darius Kanji, but the director of Delicatessen was the one who did Alien Resurrection, so... Oh, so they worked together. Yeah, they worked together, yeah. So, um, yeah, so notes and shit. Um, Okay, we're going to talk about this one. So, Angel Pie... How did you? How did you like? What did you think? Well, what did you think of this movie? I hated this movie. <laughs> it took every single ounce of my being to sit there and watch it. Now why? To the end. Why? Because I hate to watch movies where people work against their own self-interest. And he made so many stupid decisions, did so many stupid things. <laughs> I was frustrated and angry. Yeah, he's a gambler, yeah. I just couldn't. It was really hard for me to watch. On the flip side. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a fucking well, excellent movie. Well, and the funny movie. part is, is when it came out on Netflix, it was getting such yeah. good reviews and stuff like that. I'm like, let's watch Uncut Gems. Yeah. Like, no, Adam Sandler, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I just let it go. Well, I am I wish that I'd let it, I would have let it go. First of all, I love it. A24, bringing the good shit. I love yeah. A24 for doing this stuff because yeah. this is, it made a huge amount of money and it gets people fucking talking when they do stuff like this. I, I love the score of this movie, first of all. Especially, like, the beginning part really has got this... Because we, we talked about it. This whole movie is just, like, one fucking giant panic attack. Yes. It's like it's like the bear. It's just, like, for two hours and 15 minutes, it's just like, holy shit. Yeah, everybody's amped up, arguing, arguing yelling. Yeah, fighting, swearing. Yeah, there's just... Just, like, holy shit. Yeah, it's a trigger <laughs> movie for me, for sure. But the score, especially at the beginning, is just, like, it's this, like electronic kind of 80s score that fuck it's so good in especially in places it works so well and i wish they would have stuck with that energy all the way through but it's... i was so consumed with my dislike for this movie that i honestly can't tell you anything about the music score oh the cinematography on this too <laughs> like the way it was shot because like i said all about the tension so it's essentially almost like 12 angry men you're you're being like it's the camera's like uh, handheld it's like in their faces all the time yeah you're in these rooms. There's not a lot of wide shots. It's all close shots. People sweating. People sweating. People sweating. Holy smoking, shit, smoking. Yelling at each other. Like nose to nose, nose sometimes. To, yes. So it's just like a shot in that claustropho- a claustrophobic really. Yeah. And I really love it. It has a wild tension and energy. Um, which is kind of a negative too. Because after two hours and 15 minutes. Holy fuck. You're just like. Okay. Can I just, can I've we, had enough. Can we just stop now? I'm exhausted. Yeah. Oh, um, I, I felt that way, like, pretty much into it. 
So the other thing too is we talk about Adam Sandler, and yes, because the problem I have with Adam Sandler is okay, whatever. We all love Happy Gilmore, but he can he can do really well at part Punch Drunk Love. Uh, like he's been in fucking really great serious movies, and this is what this is actually one of the reasons I fucking loathe him so much is because then he goes in and makes those other piece of shit movies that are insulting to like pixel even worse than that like that fucking one where he played the he was just up as the lady uh oh he played the two characters and one was a sister the hairdresser oh no but oh my god that's is that one that's one too oh my god see he makes such peace like 95 percent of his career is piece of shit insult movies that kill my soul but then But then he does movies like this. He did a really fucking good job acting. Like, really fucking good. And I think he got ripped off. Him and off. his fake teeth. Him and his, yes, him and his chompers, man. I think he got ripped off. He didn't even get nominated for this. And he should have. Well, and it's funny have. because I read something in the trivia that talked about how he's got this five-year contract with Netflix. That's why he keeps turning that out those. everything goes to Netflix. Yes. But he made Uncut Gems, and they wanted to put it into Netflix right away. And he was like... They're, they're like, no, no, Netflix is like, we want, we think that you can be nominated for an yeah. Academy Award for this movie. They, we don't want to do anything to jeopardize no, that. So they put it in theaters. So they put it into theaters. Huge hit. Yeah. It didn't get, he didn't get nominated. No, at all. And so a year later, Netflix, Netflix put it onto their, yeah. their streaming Yeah, because he wanted to give it as much time. Because like I said, in theaters, it was a huge hit for him and got him a lot of attention. And like I said, it's a shame because he really, he really deserves it. And apparently, he took like nothing to make this movie too. Yeah, yeah. The budget was nineteen million, and his, his salary his was fee is usually 20? twenty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, he did this, and I wish he would do more shit like this because when he wants to, he's really good at it. But he uses his power for evil most of the time. <laughs> God, stupid evil. Stupid. It is stupid evil. Yes, I agree. So, yeah, and and to me, it's like. To me, this is the kind of perfect movie that A24 should absolutely put out. It's really good. Now, um, would I give it the the, ni- uh, the 91 or whatever that I talked about from Rotten Tomatoes? No. That internet movie database, 7.4? I'm great with that. Yeah. 7.4. Is it the greatest movie ever? No, but it's solid. Um, yeah, see, and... Uh, and this... it makes people... The fact that you hate it so much is great because cause if you were indifferent to it, it would just be nothing. But you'll remember this movie. Yeah, and it, it made me feel yucky in my emotional region. Yeah, all these people are horrible. And They're nasty. I couldn't see past that. Like, it just made my whole body hurt. Like, Adam Sandler's character is so awful to that chick that just, like, just loves him. He's got this puppy dog crush on him, and he's just yeah. such a piece of shit. Yeah. And to his wife, and to his yeah. kid. Yeah. But he's, he's, he's a junkie. He's a, he's a gambler. He's so... It rules over everything. It, yeah. it just... Oh, yeah, definitely. It's... it's I uh, made a quick buck. Yeah, get, get rich quick. Well, and to pay back his, his the yeah, gambling that he debts, money to. which is insane. Some of the things that he, the bets that he makes are insane. Yeah, totally. I, I will say, I'm not like not the way I'm not going to spoil the ending at all, but it's kind of one of those endings where it's like, kind of no, but you don't. Like it's just, it's a good head fake kind yeah. of thing. So, I, I don't want to spoil anymore. But I think I recommend it. I say you should watch it. Vic, what do you think? <laughs> I can't recommend it only because I, of the way it made me feel. Ooh, a little yeah. strife on the show. I yeah. like it. We got the we got the critic and audience going right here. So you know, yeah. you're just a no. And I'm like, yeah, that's an excellent movie. Yeah, I know. 
<laughs> I know when I first saw the A24 logo in the cone in the front, I'm like, okay, here we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. So like you said, this is one of the indie production company A24's biggest grossing films. Mm-hmm. Until until uh, the new one came out there, the everything, everywhere, all at once. Oh, okay. That crushed it. Oh, yeah, it. I totally forgot about that guy. About that. And I love that movie. Yeah, A24. Uh, Adam Sandler's first live-action role in a theatrical film since 2015's Pixel. Mm-hmm. All of his other live-action film roles went straight to Netflix. Straight to video. Jonah Hill was originally considered for the role of Howard Ratner, but dropped out because he just, I think he was too young to play that. Yeah, it's funny because he'd be, he'd be good better with it now, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he needed to be an older guy for sure. Yeah, he was too young. Yeah. Uh, this film is part of the Criterion Collection, as you said, yep. Spine 1101. And because of this movie, I mean, I know... I know what criterion means and you know what they do, but Mm -hmm. I went to look to see what the criteria was because I thought this can't meet it. (laughs) I love it. I don't think it deserves to be a criterion. Well, you sound like the people who say the rock doesn't belong in the criterion collection. No, I like the rock. So criterion is a home video distribution company that focuses on licensing, restoring and distributing important classic and contemporary films. Mm -hmm. Criterion serves film and media scholars, uh, cinephiles, and public and academic libraries. And the movies must be an exemplary film of its kind. Yep. And that's how they become Criterion. Yep. So. How does it not fit in? That's perfect. Perfect. I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people out there who know, who've heard of Criterion, but don't know. Oh, for sure. And then I think this movie fits into it. Like, it's critically highly rated. It's defensive, so it gets people talking. It was a huge hit. Again, when it shouldn't have been an indie film. And it stars, you know, Adam Sandler, who isn't known for, like, all of his super big, great roles lately. So, And it's got a great cast, too. I well, don't and the other thing that, that makes me think not Criterion is that it's, a mo- like, it's 2019. And to oh, me, so Criterion only... <laughs> movies are older. No, it doesn't work They've that They've had way. a little bit of time to kind of doesn't work that way steep anymore. into the fabric of society. Maybe there was a time, but not necessarily. That doesn't work that way anymore, yeah. Yeah. You no, know, it's, there's a certain, it's almost like they have the ability to, even though it was a real hit, they almost have the ability to look at like what's, what's a cult classic before it's a cult classic. So, no, I, I think it fits perfectly in there and uh, just for the reason we talked about. So, yeah. yeah. I never want to see this movie again. I, and I would not that I would buy it, but I, I, I'd, I'd catch it again for sure. Yeah. Uh, so uncut gems down, boom, strife, boom, <laughs> burn it. So much good about it. Okay, third up, Uncle Buck, nineteen eighty nine. It's rated PG. Moderate sex and nudity, mild violence and gore, moderate profanity, moderate alcohol, drugs and smoking, mild fighting and intense scenes. Yeah, there's no. There's no real sex or nudity in this movie. No, it's it's the one guy, the the clown that shows up, talks about dildos and oh, so it's stuff like that. I was that. just thinking about later on with Bug where he's got yes, not Tia yeah, in bed. Yeah. Uh, runtime, one hour, 40 minutes. Uh, it's rated as a comedy. Yeah. Uh, summary, laid back commitment phobe Buck babysits his brother's rebellious teenage daughter and her cute younger brother and sister. So it stars uh, John Candy as Buck Russell, 68 acting credits, from 1972 to 95. Uh, he's also known for 1987's Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, 1987 Spaceball, 1993 Cool Runnings. Mm-hmm. Like, there are so many movies of his that yeah. I could have named 
Cool oh. Runnings happens to be one of my favorites as well. Yeah, that's a solid so, so many movies. <laughs> and a Canadian... Yeah. Uh, national Treasure, goddamn National damn Treasure, it. yeah. Goddamn National Treasure. Macaulay Culkin as Miles Russell, 48 acting credits, 1985 to present. Uh, he was in 1990's Home Alone, 1991's My Girl, and Saved from 2004. That was, that, I that, liked. that was the movie I worked on. I told oh. you I had worked on it. Saved, yeah. saved was one of them. I like that movie. Yeah. Also, Gabby Hoffman is Maisie Russell, 47 acting credits from 18, 1989 to now. Uh, she was in Field of Dreams, which was her first movie, 1989. Oh, okay. Everyone Says I Love You from 1996 and 1995's Now and Then. Director and writer, so John Hughes. Eight Who? Yeah. <laughs> eight directing credits, 53 writing credits. So... Some of his directing is Sixteen Candles, 1984, Weird Science, 1985, <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off, uh, 1986. He, National Lampoon, Vacation. Um, oh, my God, yeah, we could go keep going on with that. He has directing credits from 1984 to 1991. Uh, writing, 1979. He's still getting writing credits. Yes. Or credits, even though he died in 2009. Yep. Um, National Lampoon's Vacation, 1983. Pretty in Pink, 1986. Planes, Trains, and Automobiles from 1985. Or 87, sorry. So, yeah, he's got, he, again, a lot of uh, movies that are... They should all be Criterion, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Uh, filming location, Illinois. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> you, know, what? you mean he shot it in Chicago? That's shocking. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, it's oh, so like you said, Uncle Buck. Uh, streaming here in Canada anyway. It's on Crave and Stars, but other than that, nowhere else. Uh, you can buy or rent it on Prime and Apple. Get the Blu-ray. Just buy this on Blu-ray DVD. Uh, ratings Internet Movie Database gives it a seven point one. Rotten Tomatoes critics is sixty two. Uh, the audience score is seventy seven. Metacritic is fifty one, and the Metacritic user score is seventy six. That could be one that. A disparaging movie too. That could be, and yeah, it got it didn't it got really mixed reviews when it first came out. Um, I remember I was just reading it there, but I do remember Roger Ebert shitting all over it um, when it came all out because when it came out because he was talking about how it's like this John Hughes is usually like oh it's you know warm and happy and fuzzy where Uncle Buck had a little bit of a going to the '90s so it had more of an edge because yeah. like, the '90s was definitely about a little harder bite a little more yeah. sarcasm. You know, um, so this was starting to reflect a little bit in this, and, and Roger Ebert didn't like that. But that's kind of one of the things I love about this movie yeah. is because you just John Candy's character is not taking shit. No. <laughs> Where, yeah, given the situation, he could have been a real pushover. Oh, totally. Yeah. 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 So like, so okay. So music by Ira Newborn, uh, American composer with 37 credits, known for uh, work on the Blues Brothers, Ace Ventura, The Naked Gun, Two and a Half. Basketball. How have we not fucking covered basketball? <laughs> Mall Rats, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Planes, Trains, and Autos. Just like, yeah. Like, all, with his 37 credits, you know all 37 credits. It's, yeah, it's probably, that, yeah. that easy. Uh, cinematography by Ralph Bode, a German born DP with 52 credits, known for 1980's Dress to Kill, Saturday Night Fever, Leaving Normal, and Cousins. And that is it for me on just like this. Because there isn't much. You know, these older movies usually don't have much information about them. Yeah. So, uh, Of course, R.I.P. John, a fucking Canadian classic guy. I, I miss it. It's just like Phil Hartman. 
Yeah. I miss John. Uh, like you said, there's so many movies, uh, so many things, like from SCTV all the way up to all of his movies. I mean, uh, The Great Outdoors, I love this fucking Great Outdoors movie. Even his like side role in um, Home Alone, Home Alone is yeah. fucking great. Yeah. Just trains, planes, and automobiles in general. <laughs> like there's so much, and like his movies don't necessarily get high ratings because I mean generally some of them are just they're just vehicles for him to do shit in. Yeah, and that's him doing shit is what I love. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. It's just him, you know, Big John Candy doing John Candy, just yeah. doing his thing. Yeah, I fucking love Uncle Buck's car. I mean that thing is such. <laughs> Is such an affront to the environment, even then. <laughs> the way the way it bounces and backfires, it just spews shit all over. Like yeah, it's like a roller coaster going down the road. He must put more oil in that than actual gasoline. The sound of the backfire is a stick of dynamite and a firecracker. Yes, that's great. Uh, yeah, there's so there's so much to love about that, and it's like uh, you get the introduction of Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone because it's essentially within a year of this being out, Home Alone. Yeah. And then he was off and running. <laughs> and it says, I did read that he, him and John Candy were in two other movies, uh, Home Alone being one of them, and yeah. Only the Lonely, but they never shared screen time. They were just in the movies. They never, they were never in another, like, same scene again after that. Well, because they, they did a lot of scenes together in this movie. Oh, lots, yeah. But, yeah. like, in Home Alone, it's just because John Candy's in the back of the yes, truck. Yes, yes, And yeah. Only the Lonely Helping his mom, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, it's just, like, something like that. Um, I, yeah, the, there's, there's like oh, lots of scenes. For some reason, if you haven't seen this movie, go watch this movie, please. Don't even listen to us talk about it. Just go. Yeah, it's it's one of my, uh, it's one of those movies that I would sit down to watch. Oh yeah, we if watch I, it. If I like, ran across it on TV, yeah, I'd it's just, watch it. It's one of those ones that goes yeah. on. You yeah. don't have to worry about it. You don't even have to get get it at the beginning. It's just... not one of those lists that I'd never get tired of watching it. Yes. That? Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, there's there's so many great things uh, about it, and I just it's one thing I've always wondered though, as like. You know all the stuff going on with with John Candy and the uh, and the daughter Tia. It's like how far do you think that went with her before when he went and got her? Like you know what I mean? Like do you think she was like you think she was raped or do you like? No. I mean, you think that no, it's just like yeah, she just woke she, up to the realization. Yeah, of, I, okay. Yeah, like she says to I'm, him. Because I always right. wondered because she's like really like fucking emotionally fucked up. No, I think it's because she um she just realized, it all came like, crashing yeah, in. Yeah. yeah. That jaw, yeah. This her, thing. her little life of privilege and yes. anger, yeah, kind of hit her in the face. Okay, yeah. There's lots of good stuff, and I think that's kind of one of the things. Like we were talking about the darker edge. Like some of that, that kind of belongs in the darker edge category. Like it's well, it's a for, serious topic for someone who's a commitment phobe who said he'd never want to have kids or get yeah. married or any of that kind of stuff. <laughs> Does a bang up job. He yeah, he really steps into that father role really yeah. well and. Oh, yeah, the stuff with him and Macaulay Culkin is so funny. Yeah. I mean, just not only because, like, they both have a hilarious little sense of humor, but because, like, and the size disparity, it's just, yeah, it's just yeah. funny how they kind of played off of each other. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's, there's so much, like I said, so much to like about this movie, but it's just, like, you're just giving away the scenes of it so people could watch it. It's just, like, it's a fish-out-of-water redemption story. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, I mean, you kind of know the beats. It's a John Hughes movie. You know how, yeah. you know how it's going to go, yeah. but getting there is fun. Yeah. A little bit of strife. Yeah, for sure. Happy ending. I always thought, um, the scene, it's, it's so dumb, but that scene where the next door neighbor, Marcy, comes over and they're like trying to do like that dirty dancing thing, and it's just so clumsy, and they, <laughs> they end up smashing him in the nose. It's just like, I've always thought it was so funny because it's so stupid. She's trying to be so, she's trying to be so sexy, and it's awful. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I forgot to mention that she was in the movie, actually. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were a few other people that I was going to mention and just didn't write them down. Okay, so just a little bit of trivia. Yeah, go ahead, because I was just going to talk about how, like, 
every time the mom calls back to calls calls Uncle Buck and she's just like he's just like telling her to stop and she's horrified. He's like, Oh, how much food does the dog eat? Oh, I've been feeding him like five times a day. <laughs> Should we let him drink the water in the toilet? Oh, no, it's got sanitizer. Yeah, I'm just leaving the lid up. I'm just leaving the lid up. Oh, that explains the discoloration of the lawns. It's like, oh, uh, fuck, I love it. It sounds so stupid. Just go watch it. It's just, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, go So ahead, it's please. the highest grossing film outside of the Home Alone franchise to feature Macaulay Culkin. Yes, of course, yeah. And this list of people, like there are so many... Alternate universe films out there. Yes. Danny DeVito, Tom Cruise, Dan Aykroyd, George Went, Michael Keaton, Ed O'Neill, uh, Robin Williams, Jack Nicholson, Joe Pesci, Bill Murray, <laughs> Jim Belushi, Dudley Moore, John Travolta, and Jim Carrey <laughs> were you... all considered to play <laughs> the role it's, of Bob. Everybody who was alive in 1989. Could you imagine Dudley Moore? <laughs> We're like, oi! <laughs> Oh, it's your Uncle Buck. No. And it ended up, like, as usual, it ended up... Fresh in your tea, Governor. Well, probably 99.9% .9 of the time, it ends up being cast right. the way it should be. Yeah, of course. But those, some of those are laughable. Uh, Joe Pesci? Joe Pesci, yeah, would be an awful choice. So would Jack Nicholson. I am I, Robin, not a Joe Pesci fan Robin since Williams I saw him. Robin Williams would be kind of interesting, Yeah, though. I was thinking that. He, nanny nanny. The only problem with him is that you would have to really keep him in tight control, though, so he's not running off because that might wreck it a little bit. But I could see maybe Robin Williams, Danny DeVito, well, maybe he's yeah. kind of he could play that kind of scuzzy kind of guy a little bit. But Bill uh, Murray might work too. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if he would work as well off of the kids. Anyways, like you but said, yeah. the right the right cast. Yeah, the, <laughs> the right yeah, cast happened yeah, there. Picked so. the right people for this film. <laughs> would you recommend it? Yes. Oh yes, yeah, of course. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Me too. I, I would absolutely. It's one of those easy ones. Yeah. So okay. I would recommend any John Hughes movie. Uh, uh anything you want to wrap up with? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. Well, thank you for uh, listening and sticking with us. And tune in next week to see what movies we're going to bring you before October. Oh, yeah. Anyways. A month of horror. Anyways, later. Later.